welcome everyone together the women's organization and women's empowerment group i'm ann michelle your host today we're going to be discussing voter aversion specifically we're going to talk to five black african-american women and we're going to be chatting and learning about the challenges that black african-american women face specifically when it comes to voter aversion. We're also going to be learning why is it that black African-American women show up more than any other racial group in the U.S. when it comes to voting, despite voter aversion. Are you curious? I am. Hi everyone, this afternoon we're going to be interviewing Michelle Anglade, who is 39 years old and lives in the Raleigh-Durham, North Carolina area. Um, Michelle is going to be visiting with us this afternoon about challenges to voting, um, identifying common barriers to voting, and um, basically with Black African American women and the challenges that Black African-American women face. Um, Michelle is going to walk us through some of our questions as well as we're going to talk about any history that Michelle can remember when it comes to where and why she might think that African-American women are particularly suited for organizing and turning out the vote as well as showing up for the vote. So good afternoon, Michelle, how are you doing? I'm doing good, Anne, I'm excited to be here with you. Awesome, awesome. And Michelle, tell me, um, I know you have children, daughters, boys, and what are their ages? I have three daughters, ages 14, 12, and a one-year-old. Awesome, (laughs) so future African-American women voters. I love this, that's awesome. Exactly. Really cool, really cool. So um, Michelle, obviously you read some of the statistics I sent over where we talked about 9% of black African-Americans indicated that in the last election, either themselves or someone in their household um, were told that they lacked proper identification to vote. So have you ever experienced something to that degree, um, just e- even a shade of that? Or can you speak to maybe maybe a story or anything that you heard from your family members regarding that question? Now, I have experienced that once, and I typically, well, after that experience, I made sure to go and check my um, voter registration printed out and bring it with me because I was told that I was not registered and I do remember going in and registering um so there was some back and forth but they did figure it out and find my information awesome awesome and at the time that that was actually happened to you in that chasm in that moment Michelle what were you kind of feeling did you did you even identify at that time were you even thinking like it was even, you know, sort of um, 
related to your race and your gender, or are you just like really thinking, hey, maybe there may generally be a mistake here? Honestly, I was I was kind of naive at the time, so I thought it was a mistake. But then when I brought it up to friends, they were like, no, it wasn't a mistake. But I was like, you know, it could have happened to anybody. It was Got a mistake. You. But as time goes on um you look back and you think and then you're like could it have really been a mistake or you know got it so just in a recap of what you just said when you said you shared the experience with friends and you were somewhat naive and they said no no michelle that's not what's happening had they too had some of those types of experiences do you think like is that where their sort of opinion was coming from um, 100% that's where their opinion was coming from. I have a group of older friends. A lot of my friends are older, so um, I listen to their reactions, their experiences, and sometimes being naive, I'm like, no, that couldn't have happened. But then as, as I got older and I was seeing certain things and I was experiencing certain things, I thought back to those conversations and I was like, okay, so what they were saying is true. These, a lot of these things are going on and it's still going on. Got you. And so I guess one more question about that, Michelle, and we can move on is as you've experienced that as a black African-American woman and you have daughters and you have friends, um, maybe that aren't black African-American, obviously, like we have friends of all colors. Um, and obviously like we're naive when we're younger and those types of things. Has it motivated you at all to sort of have more ethical talks or discussions with your daughters as they gain an age and begin to vote or begin to sort of posture around political identification, as well as friends maybe that are younger than you are? Has Have any of those thoughts ever occurred to you? Um, it has 100% motivated me to bring them with me every time there is an election to go vote to make sure that they are standing in that line with me no matter how long it is no matter how many hours we're there i want them to see and understand the voting process we we completely have we have conversations about different um issues that come up that's in the news we definitely talk about it and i make sure to let them know okay you may come across this you may not come across it but i want you to be aware that this is what's going on in our world today and you need to be aware of certain things and they have seen and experienced things that they probably shouldn't experience in their age but we because we're talking about it they're they're more aware and they are a little bit more comfortable in, in finding different ways to deal with situations that they may in. So I make sure to bring them when it's time to vote. Um, I let them see the ballot. We talk about who's running. Uh, we talk about why I'm voting for, for whoever I'm voting for. And they have, they, they have, they can make their own decision on, on who they wanna vote for when the time comes. But I make sure to let them know that I do my research on the candidates make sure that their values are in line with mine and they should do the same. That's awesome. That's all. I, I love hearing these stories. I totally love hearing these stories. And I think a feeder conversation from that, even Michelle, that comes up for me is like, one of the things that I've always been interested in is, and in, in related to the subject, obviously, is like, 
you know, when we talk about representation, like substantive representation and descriptive representation for black African-American women. So obviously you want people on your ticket that look like you do, that have the same belief systems that you do. And I don't mean like literally look like you do. Maybe that is a desire that you have also, but I think an important role in understanding sort of candidacy about these types of issues and descriptive representation versus substantive representation is why don't we have more black African-American women running for elected offices? And so obviously you having these conversations with your daughters and, you know, sort of promoting the whole idea of why voting is so important and challenges that they're going to run up against, hopefully those will lead to even broader conversations. And I mm-hmm. guess the last thing I'm curious about is, so you're taking your girls and having these um, sort of talks and discussions with them. How about for you when you were a little girl? Did your mom or dad, do you remember an aunt or an uncle being politically active and making sure that you were having those same sort of talks and conversations? Or were you kind of a, a first-generation voter, so to speak, or a first-generation political activist person? So to be honest with you, growing up, my parents migrated from Haiti. They had no interest in voting. My mom still has no interest in voting. Every time I, talk, you know, it's election season, I'm like, you need to go vote. And she's like, no, thank you. I'm good. <laughs> um, I have aunts and uncles. My my godmother would always get up and go and vote. They do the research, even though they migrated, they were immigrants, they do the research and they would get up and go stand in line and vote. And that was um, what I saw. So for my parents, I am a first generation voter. um, And I learned from my godmother to to get up and go vote. That's awesome. So your daughter's always seen them get up and go do it. But my mom has no interest. Yeah, and you know, we talk about voter aversion and specifically female voter aversion and there's, we could even, you know, talk about that at some point, but there's a reason, there's a host of reasons why females have voter aversion. So your mom is certainly not alone and being an immigrant, that has enough of aversions of its own versus even voter aversions. But what comes to mind is your daughters are going to have a true, true rich heritage of like being politically active and, you know, having their family members be from Haiti and, you know, the whole mix of all of that. So well done on you. So thank you so much for exposing your daughters. That's awesome. So yes, definitely. <laughs> moving on. So 10% of um, black African-American report, they were incorrectly told that they weren't listed on a voter roll. Um, so I know that our last question talked about registration and they said, no, you weren't, you weren't registered to vote. Have you ever been told that like gotten a piece of mail back from your district or precinct that said, you know, sort of thank you for your vote or um, when you went to vote and cast the ballot like this, you know, pastime, of course, our technology is moving in a direction where you can sort of follow your vote process, right? Have you ever been told that you weren't listed on voting rolls or anyone that you might know? No, I have not been told that I was not listed on any voter rolls. Um, 
have not I haven't experienced that um I do make sure like with the last election I did make sure to go and check and made sure that I was registered. I actually checked for a lot of my family members. Awesome. I love the advocacy work. Thank you. Thank you for that as well. So that's totally fine. And thanks for letting us know that. And so that lets us know something, something okay is happening there. So 15% of black African-American women indicate that they have had trouble finding polling places on election day and frequent changes we know Um, in polling site locations hurt minority voters and there's a host of reasons that that happens. Have you personally ever um, had problems finding like a polling location on election day? Say you have waited till the last minute, not that that you yourself have or someone else has or you just always go to XYZ church or school to vote and then all of a sudden maybe even this year during the pandemic because things got a little crazy that didn't happen or it was somewhere else. Anything like that ever happened to you or someone you might know? Um, so the last couple of elections, have I have not voted in the same place. There was one election that I went um, to the community center where I voted previously, and it turns out that's no longer my uh, Your precinct. where I'm supposed to go and vote after standing in lines and whatnot. Um, and then... So then I was told to go to the church. I went to the church. They weren't open. And then I had to go all the way to Wake Tech. And it seems like a lot of people had the same problem as I did. Because when I got to Wake Tech, the line was around, wrapped around the building. I spent five hours in line just to go and vote. So this election, I made sure, okay, the first day I need to know where I'm going. Um, I made sure a lot of my friends knew where they were going because for some reason it kept changing every election. So I got got up early, went on the first day, made sure um, I was ready to stand in line for a long time, um, took the kids with me, and then the line wasn't super long, but I was glad that I did the research um, and made sure that we knew where we were going. Absolutely, um, and that makes me think, you know, as this affects all different sorts of people and especially minority voters how did it make you feel at the moment when you you know you you sort of think to yourself hey this is where i vote Uh, never mind that i've moved you're just going to vote you know i'm going to Mm -hmm. vote today and so you kind of can take that first one and go okay my fault i get it i moved i didn't check in but then when you got rerouted to the second place and you ended up at Wake Tech. I mean, how were you feeling at that moment in time, Michelle? Like, were you feeling like frustrated? Were you feeling, what What were the thoughts and some of the things that were going through your head? Um, it was frustrating because before I even made it to Wake Tech, I went to the, the previous location that I voted at. And then when I got there, I was like, why is it empty? Why does it look closed? So then I had to go online and, and research and figure out where I needed to go. And, you know, I had a plan in place and then it kind of got derailed. So now I had to, you know, do something different. And then when I get there, the line is super long and it wasn't, it was one of those lines where you're like, do I really want to stand in this line? Yeah, right, right. But you know, do I really want to stand in this line and do this, but I know I had to do it 
and it, it just kept getting longer and longer and then I just was like okay we got to do this so Look. really one of those times where you had to sort of lean into your passion about voting and the mm. process of voting um, out of that question I guess I have one other question for you would that experience um, ever lead you to maybe um, political activism in that area where if someone approached you and said, Michelle, we need someone to volunteer to make sure that this generation of African-American women, maybe it's our mother's generation, they understand, you know, can you take five names and, you know, sort of roll call them to say, Ms. Smith, this is Michelle, I'm gonna help you understand what precincts you're supposed to vote at, what time, you know, you're supposed to, where you can go and vote those hours and, you know, being responsible for a person's transportation. Would that, that experience, would that ever lead you to get that involved? It actually did lead me to get involved in the last election. I did sought out some um, local groups to work with on trying to get, um, Voter education out there, um, I participated with a group called When We All Vote, just to make sure everyone within my community knows where they need to go vote. If you were a student in North Carolina, um, a lot of the, a lot of people didn't know that you can register, you can pre-register at 16 so that you're ready at 18 or that you can vote at 18. So I did reach out to a lot of um, like my daughter's school. They had a, a they had a program for high schoolers to get them registered to vote. Um, if you're about to turn 18 right before the election, you can you can register and you can vote. So that experience did lead me to get more involved to walk down to the community center and say hey i'm available to to work the polls do you need any help so i i did a lot of that i did a lot of tech mass text messaging um just getting just notifying people and letting them know what their options are and that you know they can and they should go out and vote so um you would then say Particularly, I, I'm, I'm curious if you would agree with this statement. So being a black African-American woman and coming against challenges during voting yourself, that really helped you get organized and be passionate behind why you should let other voters know sort of the challenges you've had and the lessons learned, so to speak. Yep, definitely. Awesome. And then even after after the election, the the other uh, initiative that I took was taking a, taking it one step further and participating in local um, local public meetings. Know what's going on within your community, within your jurisdiction. Um, a lot of the decisions that are getting made up top start here locally. At, you know, and it's it's. I'm, I'm trying to get more involved in, in my local government, um, emailing the, the Fuquay mayor, trying to find out when is the next public um, board meeting or whatnot yeah. that I can participate in. Everything is via Zoom, so it, it makes it a little bit more easier to just click on the Zoom invite and listen in and find out what's going on, what's coming in the community. Does it benefit me? Um, there's a lot of... Uh, 
you know, lunch with a police officer or uh, talk to the local Fuquay PD at the local barbershop just to hear the different things that are going on that affect, you know, my family, other families, especially my kids. So it's definitely brought more awareness. I think what I hear you saying, it's definitely brought you personally more awareness to sort of social justice issues and community issues that are going on around you. So yes. that's awesome. That's that's awesome. So um, I guess uh, the last point is 10% of black African-American women um, missed the registration deadline to vote in 2016. And um, it doesn't sound like to me that you've ever missed a deadline to vote, a registration deadline to vote. Um, have you, can you speak to that at all? I have not missed the registration deadline, but I can um, tell you a story about my sister who sure. at that time in 2016 recently graduated from high school, 18 year old, um, going away to college and she registered in the city that she lived in, not knowing that she needed to to re-register at the college. And in we were trying to get her to figure out where she needs to go to get her application to, you know, where that they mail it to. And they kept mailing everything back to the old address. And I was like, why does your college not have a specific um, voting area? Because even then she had to go off campus. Why, why are they not voting on campus? It would make more sense since you're a freshman and you don't really know uh, where to go, where to register, that they would have that information readily available. So that's an experience that um, I remember vividly. So this election, I was like, did you change your address? (laughs) You were the advocate. You were the frontline person out there. I love that. Well, certainly now, um, I, I don't know if you're aware of this, but certainly now we've taken care of um, at least two of those problems that your sister encountered specifically at UNC Chapel Hill. So um, obviously students do register on campus now to vote and there are polling stations on campus or walkable from campus. So I know, right? So we, we keep moving the ball a little bit at a time, a little bit at a yes, time. Yes, and that was one of the things that pissed me off in 2016 when she was on campus. I was like, why? Why don't they have polling stations here? Mm-hmm. You guys don't have cars. You should be able to go out and vote. And then the other thing is um, what I realized more and more in talking to my kids and talking to my sister who's um, in, still in college, that they're not they're not getting educated on on why they should vote. You know, they learn about the three branches of government, but are they taking they're not taking it one step further to kind of, you know, teach them about their voting rights. Yeah. Yeah. And, and why, why is it important to vote? Yeah. Well, that's, that is a, that is definitely um, an impact and it's definitely a social justice issue. And um, it's definitely something we can visit more about later. And we probably both have opinions about that and opinions about what should be done about it and hopefully being able to coalesce around that. So last question, and this will conclude our time together, unless you have something else you might want to share with us today. Um, Just about taking time off from work to vote. Have you ever encountered maybe, I don't want to specifically sort of focus around, um, obviously most employers 
court and by law they have to give you time off to go and vote. Um, but have you ever experienced sort of internal conflicts with that ever? Maybe where you weren't supported by um, maybe other team members or a culture around voting. Anything like that ever happened to you? No, I've never experienced that. Um, and I think things have changed a lot with early voting. So you have um, the opportunity to go out and vote yeah. over the weekend or uh, later in the evening after work. I've never experienced that. But I do remember as a child when my godmother used to um, get up early to go and stand in the voting line to make sure that she voted and then went to work right after. Awesome. Um, so you've talked to a lot uh, today about your godmother and if there's one thing, and even if it doesn't have to do uh, with voting, um, just culturally as a black African-American woman, um, sort of heart to heart um, about your godmother, what's the one strongest characteristic um, or great memory you would take away uh, from maybe something that she's taught you or that has sort of remained with you over the years? Mm -hmm. um, so being my parents and my, you know, some of my family being immigrants, they didn't really talk about certain things it's more of uh, their actions just watching them do it and then later on as you get older you kind of understand why they were doing what they were doing even though they didn't you know talk about it so a lot of my memories is just watching them get up every election and just getting up at six o'clock in the morning and going and standing on that line and casting their vote and then it's later on in life, I, I, you know, thinking back, then you realize, okay, this is why they were doing what they were doing. Mm -hmm. Michelle, thank you for sharing that with us. And again, what a rich and cool heritage both you and your girls have. And excited about working together with you on some of the other projects we've talked about. And obviously just about voting together and moving the vote forward in years to come. So um, thanks a ton for spending time with us this afternoon. And this will conclude our time together um, for the recording. And thanks again, Michelle. Thank you, Anne. Thank you so much for having me.